This is the day which the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Hello, Metro FM family. This is your brother Jonathan from DHL Ministries, Decisions, Habits, Lifestyle Ministries. Join you again with an inspired message from the Lord. You know, I often wonder when I begin a series, it's because there is so much information that I want to share bit by bit. And right in the middle of that inspiration and that series that I feel God has put on my heart, He will reroute me and He will give me another message. And so it's about timing, but it's also about your prayers of what you need to hear and what you need to experience from God that reroute things. So today we're going to pause the series we were doing and we're going to discuss a rarely discussed character in the Bible. You know, the principles in the Bible are clear. They're personified by humans that actually did things that are documented in the Bible. But when we look at it and we see the biblical principle, we either see them succeeding at it or we see them failing at it and we see the consequences of both actions and so the characters that are least shared still themselves have a lot of principles to see what's going on there and so that's why it's so important to read the whole bible from genesis to revelation sometimes you can have a reading plan that covers several different books in the old and new testament and i find that to be very productive in grasping the whole of scripture and today we are actually in the book of Genesis chapter 16. Most of the chapter we're going to be sharing right now. Um, and see if you can take in this story. Now, the focus is going to be on Hagar. Hagar. Keep that in mind. Genesis chapter 16. Now, Sarai, Abram's wife, bare him no children, and she had an handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said unto Abram, Behold, now the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go in unto my maid. It may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abram hearkened to the voice of Sarai. And Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, after Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan, and gave her to her husband Abram to be his wife. And he went into Hagar. He went in unto Hagar that she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her eyes. And Sarai said unto Abram, My wrong be upon thee. I have given my maid into thy bosom. And when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her eyes. The Lord judged between thee and thee. But Abram said unto Sarai, Behold, thy maid is in thy hand. Do to her as it pleaseth thee. And when Sarai dealt hardly with her, she fled from her face. And the angel of the Lord found her by a fountain of water in the wilderness, by the fountain in the way of Shur. And he said, Hagar, Sarai's maid, whence camest thou, and whither wilt thou go? And she said, I flee from the face of my mistress Sarai. And the angel 
of the Lord said unto her, Return to thy mistress, and submit thyself unto her hands. There's a key here in this Egyptian non-Israelite being treated according to the way the customs of the day would have allowed anyone to treat their servant, their slave. She was put in a position without her choice. She was pressed into this hardship and she had a struggle because she did conceive and as every woman back then wanted to conceive and that was a fulfillment of their role in those days. And so she felt that fulfillment, but she had none of the commitment that Sarai had. So she despised Sarai in her eyes after she's carrying the child and yet doesn't get the commitment that Sarai had with Abram. A struggle that was real. Now, according to the custom, Abram gave Sarai, who was distraught, permission or reminded her that she can do what she wanted. And she treated Hagar harshly, so much so that Hagar finally ran away from the place. And in the midst of that running away is where the Lord met her, the angel of the Lord, reincarnate Christ, Christophany, met her after she had run away from a situation. And here he talks to her and he gets her to say what she had done even though he knew what had gone on. This is part of a dialogue with the Lord. And he often calls upon us to discuss things from our perspective with our terminology in our recollection so that we can share with him or think we're sharing with him the things that have transacted. But he already knows. He wants to hear us say it. He wants us to hear us say it. The words we choose, the way we say it, may there be conviction if we exaggerate, or may there be a humbling if we tell it as it really is and we hear ourselves saying things that are more accurate than the things we're thinking and meditating on. It's a process that God calls us into. And his orders are surprising to some. He tells her to return to her mistress, the one that just beat her, and submit thyself under her hands. The power of submission, it's contrary to what we believe as humans in the flesh, the power of submission. In fact, in other areas in our Bible, it refers to this same powerful yet contrary action. In Ecclesiastes 10.4, it says, If the spirit of the ruler rise up against thee, leave not thy place, for yielding pacifieth great offenses. Look at that. Think about that. Ephesians 5.21 says, Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear, the reverential fear of God, that we are to submit ourselves to each other. Verse 6 Verse 5 of Ephesians uh, chapter 6 says, Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling and singleness of your heart as unto Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Titus 2.9 says, 
Exhort servants to be obedient unto their own masters and to please them well in all things, not answering again. Look, Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2, 18-25, goes on to give a bigger setting. Listen to this. Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the froward. For this is thankworthy if a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. For what glory is it if when ye be buffeted for your faults ye shall take it patiently? But if when ye do well and suffer for it, ye take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example, that ye should follow his steps, who did not sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who, when he was reviled, reviled not again, when he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd, shepherd and bishop of your souls. Now listen, 1 Peter 5, 5 and 5, 6. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves to, unto the older. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. And verse 6 says, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. And so this is a key to repositioning yourself in those moments where you're running away. Listen, you could be at work. You feel like running away. Your supervisor is treating you harshly. Your boss is a tyrant. Listen, God is saying, Submit yourselves as unto him, trusting that he is in sovereign control. Don't run from it. Run to God in it. See, Hagar had an experience which she realized tangibly, the God she had heard about. She's an Egyptian. They were Israelites. She had heard about all the things of this God, but now she was experiencing him. She found him to be the God who cares because no matter how lost she felt, God didn't lose track of her. He came to her. She found it was the God who guides. He said, submit to your mistress. Go back unto her and submit. As we've seen, submission is the key to changing our perspective and understanding. As she acknowledged him as God, he gave her this instruction in righteousness. She found he was the God who blesses to give her unmerited favor in the midst of all this through this unique way of approaching or reapproaching a situation. He was the God to be experienced. She now had an experience with the God of the Israelites. He met her where she was at, and she went on to call that well, Bier Lahai Roy. And the name means a well to the living one who sees me. Well, where are you at in the midst of all this? Why is God sharing this with you right now? Those are the questions you should always ask when you hear the word of God. Not is the story interesting, not is there meat in here versus milk, and all of those teenager-type approaches to the Word of God. But being perfected or matured, you and I ask God why 
are you sharing this with me right now? I can see it. Why are you sharing it with me right now? Does it apply to me? How does it apply to me? Teach me, Lord. Examine me to see if there's any wicked way in me. Does this apply to me? Am I not submitting to you? That's why I'm out on my own here. That's why things are getting worse in my work situation or in my marriage or in my home or at my college. Why? Why, God, are you sharing this with me? And recall those scripture verses we just shared. I'll give them to you again if you want to jot them down. Ephesians 10, 4. Ephesians 5, 21. Ephesians 6, 5 and 6. Titus 2, 9. 1 Peter 2, 18 through 25. And our text for today that we're reading is from Genesis chapter 16, 1 all the way to 15. Because Hagar went on in that situation to bear Abram a son. She was given unmerited favor but blessings of God by being able to give birth to a son. This is what Abram was seeking, but this is not the way God had planned for him to have it. And that son went on to reap havoc with all of mankind and still does today. Abram showed his human side by getting in the flesh, trying to do things his own way. No one could say it was 10 years and he was an old man already and this was an acceptable custom. How long have you been waiting for God to come through on a promise he's given you? What have you been doing while you're waiting? Have you been declaring the goodness of God, growing closer to God, identifying with the character of God? Or have you been sitting there watching your watch and waiting for a mountain to move and for all things to be well? Well, family, that's not the life we were called into. You may have seen that demonstrated in some corrupted version of Christianity, but that's not the way it works. We press on to the higher calling. We keep running this race. We lay aside every weight that holds us back and every sin that so easily ensnares us. And we move forward. We can learn from a servant girl named Hagar that in the midst of our situations, don't run away, but run to God. Ask God what is going on. Cry out to him. If you read the Psalms, you'll find that the psalmist most of the time was David, cried out to God and he used some plain terminology, but by the end of that Psalm, you can hear him testifying of God, thanking God, making a way for God to come through there in that situation. Just the pause for meditation is what, what God is showing us through Hagar, through this example. Now the manners and customs help us understand the context which brings out the meaning we can see the principle. But the principle transcends time. And in the examples I gave you, what are you wanting to run away from right now? Well listen, if it's a spiritual test from God, you can't get away from it. You can move to another city, it will be there. You can change your jobs. It's a matter of time, it will be there. We need to learn how to regain perspective, how to do things that are pleasing to God how to submit one to another, how to submit to the rulers that have been placed over us, the leaders, how to submit and trust that God's in complete control. 
And when we do, we'll be at ease in the midst of all that's going on around us. We'll be able to think clearly. But our agenda has to be pure. Our perspective has to be correct. And the principle we're discussing today needs to be applied. Submission is key to overcoming the challenging times. Submission. Amen. Well, if you're listening to this broadcast and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we always share this. It's called the ABCs and it brings you unto conversion. A, admitting you're a sinner, just means you were born in sin, leading away from God. God made a way for you and I through Jesus Christ to reconcile us to the Father. That should we choose him, should we turn from our wicked ways that we are born into and turn towards him and trust and rely on the truth that he died for us. Then confess to the people around us, declaring who it is we serve, that we will be saved. It's not the action, it's the heart condition. What DHL wants to do and makes ourselves available to do is to help you grow in discipleship. Do not be fooled. The Great Commission does not say go and put tracks on every continent around the world. The Great Commission does not say go and share the road of Romans to every single individual on earth. No, 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 no. The principle is go and make disciples. And yes, that involves sharing the gospel, but it involves a commitment, a follow-through, a developmental phase of six months to a year where you pour into this new saved Christian how to get connected directly to God. Discipleship is key, family. And that's why we're available for you. So A, admit you're a sinner. B, believe with all your heart that Jesus died for you. C, confess to people to burn those bridges from the past and open up doors for the future. A, B, C brings you to conversion. Now engage in the word of God. Be a doer of it. You can look up DHL online as DHL Ministries for podcasts and YouTube videos. Or you can text to WhatsApp and join our group. 260-97-583-6324. Text or call 260-97-583-6324. We're here on Metro FM every Wednesday night and Sunday morning. We thank you for joining us and for tuning in. And we pray that you apply this word to your life. Share this. Fellowship with one another is not talking about other things uh, in the world, but it's about sharing the word of God and testifying to his goodness. Oh, get into fellowship, I pray. Oh, engage in discipleship, I pray. And we'll see you again next time. God bless you all. Take care.